Crazy Epic Mommy. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci, episode 132. We're here on the Upper East Side. How are you doing? It's February in New York. The weather is freaking crazy, people. Today it's 57. Yesterday it's 26. What's going on? Okay, what's going on? Yesterday, or was it no, two days ago, my family, we got together in Brooklyn to help my grandmother clean through some of her apartment in Brooklyn. You know, she had a fire months ago, and she's fine, but she can't live by herself anymore. Like, you're done. You're done. So at, at, sometimes you got to tell the older people, time to pack it up. Got to move. Got to So she's living with my mom and my aunt, you know, whatever. So we all went, and we were going through some of her stuff, and, you know, we all took a couple little things home, whatever. And it made me think about self-care and spring cleaning and all this stuff. And I don't know, you know, self-care, going to the gym, you know, whether it's the Peloton or, you know, you're at the actual gym, meditating, socializing, studies have been done. Fact of the day, there are physical and psychological benefits. Obviously, we know this. Um, the people that have done self-care, it says it increases their uh, self-confidence, their productivity, and by 71%, it increases your happiness. Anytime I get on the phone with my shrink, if I'm upset about something, he tells me, go outside, take a run, go for a run, go for a jog, do a brisk walk. And I'm like, I, I'll be like, I don't want to do that. That's the last thing I want to do. And he said, before I give any advice to anybody, any medication, any any excessive talking, I tell them to get out there and do some exercise in the fresh air because that's really the number one thing. It is. And by the way, if you do practice self-care, you have a decreased risk of heart uh, heart problems, stroke, and cancer. So there you go, people. Okay. Let's talk about the Super Bowl for a second. Rihanna, I personally thought it was amazing. I don't care if Rihanna was on stage for two seconds lip syncing, okay? The fact that she got on the Super Bowl stage, one of the largest televised halftime shows in the world, if not the largest, and she's up there with child, all eyes on her, no no star next to her, no, 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 no uh, uh, collaboration of stars on the stage, just her. The girl just had a baby, and she's pregnant with another one, and she killed it for 13 minutes, and I applaud her. Not to mention, she was suspended 150 feet in the air, which we all know. If we didn't see, we read about it. I gotta be honest, when it started, mm, when it started, I wasn't like super crazy about it, but then of course when I realized, wait a second, she's by herself with dancers, and she's pregnant, what? I didn't like when she touched her crotch. That was like one of the things that didn't really sit well with me. But that's because like, I don't know, like I, I it's just a motherhood thing for me. I knew she was pregnant, I think a minute in. A minute in, I knew she was pregnant and I couldn't believe this. I, I said, I am watching a working woman, a working mother, a performer, an entertainer. We saw Ali Wong, we saw Amy Schumer do their specials pregnant. But I mean, this, I, I don't know. Besides for when Beyonce performed pregnant, I don't know if that was at the Grammys years ago. I don't know, or was it J-Lo? I don't know how many other female performers have done this. It's amazing. And you know, you're always going to get, you're always going to get people that are like horrors. You're always going to get the horrors in the world. And you know one of those horrors? Bill Goldberg, okay, goes by the name of Goldberg, former WWE 
star, he said this quote about the halftime performance. I It blew my mind. And I'm going to assume, Goldberg, you knew she was pregnant, okay? Let me read this to you. I thought Rihanna was freaking horrible. He said, I was disgusted by it. That's all. Let's just say that. I thought it was horrible. You know what I think is horrible? You, okay? How dare you? Look at that. Here's a woman suspended 150 feet in air with child performing in front of all these people all over the world. And you think it was freaking horrible? Get the hell out of here, Goldberg, okay? Stay stay out of the ring, okay? Like you've been. Thank you. He has a wife, by the way, Wanda Ferritin. Look her up. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Can you imagine if you are sitting on the couch with your husband and he's like, ugh, I don't like this, I don't like this. It's like, okay, I get it. You're allowed not to like a style of music. You're allowed to not like a, a style of clothing. You're allowed to not like whatever the hell you want. But you want to know what? Give credit where credit's due. This is a mother that is, should still probably be on maternity leave in some countries, okay? But no, she has another baby in her tummy, and she's out there entertaining the world. Get the hell out of there. And Rihanna said about her own performance, and I feel like if you're listening to this and you're a mom, you can relate. She said, I felt like this moment could have only been now. When you become a mom, there's something that just happens where you feel like you could take on the world, you could do anything. And the Super Bowl is one of the biggest stages in the world. So as scary as that was, because I haven't been on the stage in seven years, there was something exhilarating about the challenge of it. And that for me to do this year was important, important for representation. And it was important for my son to see that. Bravo. Bravo. Good. I love that. I love that. And you know what? So much of uh, us working moms, we struggle with uh, work commitments and being home with the kids and, you know, and are we doing the right thing and, and, and money and just everything. But at the end of the day, we all know that when our children get older and they ask us or they look back and they say, what was my mommy doing when I was growing up? You know, well, your mommy was taking care of you and loving you and your mommy also was working. And that's important for kids to see. It's important for them to have that kind of role model. So good for you, Riri Goldberg. I can't stand you. I mean, you're probably a nice guy, but I but that comment and then to publicize that comment, like why? Why why wouldn't you just if you want to think that, can you say it in private? Ugh, please. So many things are closing in New York City, people. I will say, though, I found a new bagel store on the Upper East Side called Grabstein's. It's on Madison Avenue in the 90s. They, it's an old-school bagel shop. You know, there's no tables inside, which I like. I don't need to eat the bagel inside, whatever. I just want to go in, get my bagels, take it home, put the cream cheese on, the locks, do whatever I got to do. Grabstein's bagels are amazing New York City bagels. They're better than H&H bagels, okay, in my opinion. I think you would agree. If you had an H&H &H and you had a Grabstein's, I, I, they have the crispy outside, the fluffy inside. They're always warm. There's lines wrapped around the corner, okay, in the morning for bagels at this place. I, I love it. And they make egg bagels. I love an egg bagel. It is hard to find egg bagels these days for whatever reason. I don't know. I like challah bread and all that and brioche, but I love... I, I love when I go into a bagel store and they have the real New York bagels, pumpernickel, everything, 
uh, egg. I like egg everything. I like when they, I see whole wheat everything. They have cinnamon raisin. They have none of this rainbow bagel shit. What the hell is a rainbow bagel? I swear to God. I, I mean, it's cute for the kids, the rainbow bagel, but you know how many bagel stores I've been in and I I, I go by and I see, ba- it's St. Patrick's Day, green and white bagels. You know, it, rainbow bagels. It's like, I what? What about the simplicity of the bagel? Why? What's the matter with a good old pumpernickel, a good old egg, a good old everything? That, the, if you keep it, what is it? The, that What is that acronym? KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. If you keep it simple, stupid. You know what I'm saying? You might come out with something delicious. And Grabstein's, you're winning the prize. I don't know where they're baking them. There's no way they're baking them on the premises because... The place looks very small. They must be baking them in some commercial bakery somewhere and bringing them over, but they're delicious. I wouldn't be surprised. If you live in Manhattan, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a Grabstein's popping up uh, in your neighborhood soon. There's, and I should say, there is a Zucker's Bagels. If you could find Zucker's, also delish. Also delish. On the bread note, I bought a loaf of bread the other day from Zabar's. Eli's Zabar's, which, uh, I don't know if you know, there's two Zabar's in Manhattan. There's the West Side Zabar's, which is the green and brown, um, the green and brown, what am I talking about? The orange and brown logo, the, the, the one that we know from like the 70s, right? Like if you see Zabar's on a mug, that's the West Side Zabar's, that's the one you know. And then there's Eli's Zabar's, which is on the East Side. They're owned by two different brothers. I don't know if you know that. It's two different brothers. But So if you place like a... Um, a gift basket order or something from Zabar's at Zabar's.com or whatever it is, that's going to come from the West Side, right? That's the West Side brother. But they, I think they both have this baguette. They have, uh, the, you know, I'm on the Upper East, so I go to the East Side Zabar's. They have this long baguette. It's the most delicious bread, like, ever. I mean, I love Italian bread. There's nothing like... Italian bread, a semolina loaf. Oh my God. And growing up, there's nothing like, I mean, you know, there's nothing like Italian bread in the oven, right? Toasted with a little butter on it. Mm. That that reminds me of my grandmother. That and like a cup of coffee, maybe like an anisette biscotti, you know? Okay, I'm, uh, okay I digress. But I, I went to Zabar's. I bought the outrageous $4.95 or $5.95 baguette. I was just in a bread mood. I mean, that was the mood I was in. But as usual, you know, I brought it home and we ate half of it and we had half left over. And I was like, ugh, I hate to throw out. I hate to throw out a loaf of bread, a half a loaf of bread. And like people are like, freeze it. Where, where am I freezing a loaf of bread? I live in Manhattan. It's enough. I got a really, I have a really big fridge and freezer. I have, you know, I have a side, I think it's the French, the side by side and then the drawer freezer from the bottom but where, what am I I'm gonna put loaves of bread down get the hell out of here it just doesn't make sense right in my lifestyle now if I lived like most of you people do in the suburbs and I had the uh the big chest freezer in the garage or in the basement or the second fridge freezer in the garage oh I'd be I would be freezing bread all day long but I but I can't so what I did was I made breadcrumbs and I don't know if you've ever made your own homemade breadcrumbs but I want to uh, tell you how I did it. It was so easy. I, I, you know, I wrote it down right here. But all I did was I took the, the second half of the baguette, you know, and by now it was stale, stale, and I was upset. You know, it was like a couple days old. <coughs> Excuse me. 
So I cubed it up. I chopped it up into little cubes. I threw it on a baking sheet and I put it in the oven at 325. And then I let the, 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 the bread cubes dry out just until they were crispy. So not, not burned. I think I probably had them in there like, I don't know, five, seven minutes. You know, you got to keep an eye on it. You got to check. Not until they, not until they were super brown. They had a little golden color. And when they came out, they were, you know, they were like toasted. You know, I can't even, how do you do a toasted noise? I don't even know. But anyway, I took out my big food processor that I have. I put, uh, I put the, the cubes in the bowl of the food processor and, um, and then I, I just, I just basically, I, you know, I blended them up and then I drizzled, I drizzled a, a little bit of olive oil on the, 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 the processed breadcrumbs, you know, and that was it. That was it. And I put it in a Ziploc bag and I put it in the fridge. I mean, the freezer, excuse me. It's going to last for three months for me, these homemade breadcrumbs. And, and you could, you, if you want, I didn't. All I did was I took the, uh, the cubed bread processed it with the olive oil, put it in a Ziploc in the freezer. But if you want, you can add uh, dried parsley or salt and pepper, or maybe if you like oregano, whatever. And then there you go. There's your own Italian seasoned homemade breadcrumbs, okay? Someone, some crazy friend of mine, I don't know who it was. It was years ago. They told me 4C, 4C breadcrumbs, they said had wood chips. They used wood chips in the ingredients. And I was like, wood like like wood from the what are you kidding me i i I should have actually looked it up before i did this episode i didn't i'm gonna have to google and clarify next week for you people but i you know what i don't know everything's crazy with all the ingredients and the process and the this and the that but i go sometimes to delis and i see the homemade breadcrumbs on the on the counter in the bag and they want 6.95 7.95 i get the hell out of here I have the 4C, the Progresso breadcrumbs in the in the can in my pantry. But if I have a loaf of bread, why not make them myself, right? I mean, I'm not I'm not turning into Martha Stewart over here. You know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not churning out fresh homemade breadcrumbs all the time. But if I have the bread, why don't why don't you make the crumbs? If you have the bread, why don't you make the crumbs? <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so self-care right self-care um Maya Angelou oh my god I love her poet this this is what she says if I'm not good to myself how can I expect anyone else to be good to me isn't that true right like if you treat yourself like shit you'll just tolerate any old shit right from anybody (laughs) get the hell out of here right me, how I do self-care, I love a bath. I love a warm bath. I wish I had a proper bathtub. I let my grandmother, speaking of with her Brooklyn apartment, she had a triangle bathtub. You know, not like a jacuzzi tub. Not like a, a, a fancy jacuzzi tub with jets. Like an old school, for whatever reason, triangle bathtub with the shower and the curtain. That's what she had. I have a regular bathtub, but uh, I love I love to take baths. One day... I will have a beautiful giant tub, but for now I'm settling with my unconventionally sized four and a half foot tub. And one of the things I love, a product I love for the bath, is Neep bath oils. I'm sure I talked about that with you in the past. You could buy it on Amazon. Neep, K-N-E-I-P-P, I believe it is. Uh, my favorites are eucalyptus, 
and also uh, lavender. But it's a bath oil, and you put just a capful in the bath, and it turns the bath like a beautiful blue or a beautiful green color. You really feel like you don't feel like you're sitting in disgusting bath water. You know that disgusting bath? You know you take a bath sometimes, and you look down, and you'll be like, ugh, the bath water. Like, no, you put a little capful of the neap bath oil, and all of a sudden, you're transported. You feel like you're... Um, you, you feel like you're you're in a gorgeous spa bath somewhere somewhere in like Ubud, Bali. I mean, it's a beautiful experience. So the green bath oil is eucalyptus. The blue, I think, is lavender. That's my self-care ritual. I love that. I tried meditating mm, through the years. I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I have I have some of the apps. I have a lot of friends that do transcendental meditation. Good for them. I tried. I, the Calm app used to only have a British accent on it. It was years ago when it came out. And I was like, you think this is going to make me calm? <laughs> Listening to that tight, uptight British that accent? Get out of here. But no, but th- then I found other ones. But Calm has now has a lot of um, meditation guides. But I I, um, I like... Uh, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, he had passed away recently. He was a Buddhist monk. Um, and sometimes you could, if you Google Thich Nhat Hanh, you can find some meditations, uh, you know, that he's done on YouTube or whatever. And a couple of podcasts have him talking. He's very good. He talks as opposed to do like the sit down in a quiet place. Let your thoughts flow. You know, he's he's a little different. But anyway, okay. So I, I tried the meditation. But I want to tell you, the other thing I like in the bath, Epsom salt. There's nothing like an Epsom salt bath. I actually do the Epsom salt and the oil. First of all, Epsom salt, it helps get magnesium into your body. So that, it, and that, it just helps you relax. And there are some people that say you don't wash the salt off. You keep the salt on. You know, like some people, after after a bath, I'm a rinser. After a bath, I like to get out and I need to rinse. I need to get up. Well, I don't get out. After a bath, I like to drain the water and then I stand up and I rinse off, right? But for, they say, don't be a rinser if you're taking an Epsom salt bath. Keep the, the, the salt on your body, whatever. Jennifer Aniston said her number one priority for self-care is waking up and doing nothing which is one hour of no phone. For the first hour of every day, Jennifer Aniston does not check her phone, social media, her emails. She said that puts her in a good headspace. I like that. I, I have tried that in the past, and I think that works wonders. I feel like we're so wired to wake up and check our emails and check out texts and da-da-da, you know, and <coughs> it puts you in. Excuse me. Let me take a sip. Hold on. It puts you in an automatic work mode. It puts you on autopilot when you do that, right? Prince Harry, his self-care, former senior royal, says uh, his self-care is the importance of creating time in the day to take a breath and focus on the things that matter. That's nice. That's a form of meditation, right? He also says, you know, meditation has the uh, ability to train your mind, redirect your thoughts. It's, pr- it's proven to reduce stress and anxiety. Again, all the reasons why I've tried it. Lower your blood pressure and enhance self-awareness. That's what he does, okay? Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown, she has an interesting piece of advice. She said, 
every day she just stops. She takes a moment out of her day and she stops. And she just realizes maybe she doesn't need to do everything, right? That That's, the thing is, is that we take on so much stuff and she's like, if you can't do it because you're in the middle of a big meeting or you're in the middle of a big conversation or a big something, move, whatever you are, just stop, just stop, just stop. Don't push yourself back off. And if you do that, that might be able to help you move forward. I like that advice. I think that that's really powerful. Lady Gaga practices gratitude, which is appreciating, of course, all the things in her life. She said that that helped her cope with her mental illnesses. It allows her to take care of herself in her lowest moments. It's hard to think what kind of low moments Lady Gaga has. Like a low moment for Lady Gaga, I would think, would be to be removing the prosciutto off of her body after that performance back in the day. But because when I look at her, I just think, God, you're on top of the world, Gaga. But we all have our moments. So, okay, that's Lady Gaga. Oprah takes a day off. She takes, uh, she does, she does a self-care day every week. She takes off to avoid burnout. Okay? I love that. She takes Sundays off. She says Sundays are her spiritual base for renewal. She does nothing. She stays in her jammies. She'll take a walk. She doesn't let herself be stressed or irritated or have anxiety. She says she allows herself to just be with a capital B, E, just be, just exist and be a person in the world. And she says, which I like this about Oprah, that uh, a lot of us might not have a luxury of taking a full day off, right? And to just be, but we could do that in little clumps throughout the day. I love that. It's interesting, right? Because... We know self-care is a lot of these, um, the meditation, the exercising, the eating well, right? Everybody kind of knows that. But a lot of people buy stuff, you know, to soothe anxieties or when they're frantic or their mind is racing at 2 a.m. and they can't sleep. You know, all these tired mothers out here, we're all, you know, uh, we're, we're making lunches, we're doing this, we're doing the laundry, we're folding, we're, we're talking to our significant others, whatever we're doing. And then we, our, for whatever reason, something comes over us in the wee hours in the morning. We're, we're frantic and we take out our phone and we just start, crazy scrolling and ordering on Amazon. We're like, oh my God, rubber bands, pack of 500. I never knew I needed them. Oh my God, look, baby barrettes. I, I, I'm going to get those because for 50 cents, well, I, why not? Paper clips, I love. That's what we do. And it's funny because there are people that replace uh, these physical self-care, or the med meditations, whatever, whatever we call these things, right? The physiological and the physical elements of self-care they replace that with buying things or accumulating accumulating things and maybe even in a different time or a different era if we were asking celebrities or you know big media personalities what do they do to take care of themselves you know we might hear if it was like the 70s days we might hear someone say ah, i take a spin in my cadillac you know or i buy myself a new gold watch but you know nobody nobody's talking about material things anymore you know, and when you look at, and when you look at 
that, by the way, the material things, when you look at what people are consuming and not consuming on a macro level, when you look at that, uh, a lot of people aren't buying big homes anymore. A lot of people are just taking up they want they want to buy homes that just have enough space for themselves. They don't nobody wants the big home anymore with the big giant backyard and having all that house cam maintenance. Nobody wants that. The idea of this excessive consumption I think still lives in the fast fashions and the Amazon purposes, uh, purchases and the AliExpress purchases, but I think the idea of buying big things to keep you happy is is Definitely on the decline if you look at any kind of research or anything like that. Um, okay, so my product of the day is it's, it's it's such it's a product that's been around forever, and I don't know if you use it, but it's really good, and it's also in the self care kind of uh, vein. Doctor Bronner's soap. It's a literally a giant bottle of 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 like organic, like oil-based soap. I know what you're thinking. It's like essential oils or something. And no, I have the most sensitive skin. Like it doesn't make me break out at all. I like the peppermint soap. It's the blue one. The one I use is the blue one. Um, I, I feel like I've seen this around ever since I could remember. But that's what I have in my bathroom in the shower. I recently discovered they have a tea, Dr. Bronner's has a tea tree oil soap. Also, and it's the orange label, that one's harder to find. I ordered one on Amazon and it was like $25, which is the size of the big bottle, which is pretty economical considering the size. But uh, I ordered the tea tree oil orange soap and it was 25 bucks. And then I must have did a middle of the night ordering because it came and it was like six ounces. I was like, I just paid $25 for six ounces. What am I, nuts? Like, so, that you, you know, keep an eye out. But I absolutely... I absolutely love this soap. It's big. It's clunky. I don't care. It smells delicious. It's so good on my skin. The only thing is I, I can't use it. Like the kids can't use it, the peppermint, because they feel like it's stingy. So for them, I bought the lavender one. Um, I'm not, I, I don't have tons of soaps and potions and things, you know. I have the, the products that I like and the things in my bathroom, but two things I always have in my bathroom, no matter what, are the Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap and a Dove Sensitive Skin bar of soap, a white bar of soap. Like, some people will say, oh, what do you use on your da-da-da? And I'm just like, yeah, like like a loofah, a washcloth, and like a Dove soap. That's it. <laughs> that, that's, that's all I got for you. You know, I, I, I love to try things and whatever, but... I don't know. Do you, and on the loofah note, do you use a loofah? Okay. I actually found on Amazon months, months ago, little tiny round, you know, the cotton rounds. I found little tiny loofah rounds and they're flat. They're like flat discs, flat discs. But when you put them in water, they puff up and it's almost like a little sponge and you could use them a few times, throw it out. You could use it once and throw it out, whatever. I love those. It's not like, you know, I'm gentle when I use the little loofah rounds on my face. Very gentle because, you know, loofah can be uh, hard. But a girlfriend of mine, we were talking about loofah and she says to me, well, why don't you try potato gloves? I said, potato gloves? What's a potato glove? And she said, Elise, there are gloves that you can buy. You put on your hands 
You could buy them on Amazon. You put these gloves on, and when you're washing, uh, you, you, when you get a new, okay, let me start over. There are gloves that you can buy on Amazon, and you put the gloves on, and when you get a potato, and you want, instead of peeling potato, you just put it uh, the gloves on, and you do the potato. I'm doing the motion in my hand. You can't see me unless you're watching this, but you just wash the potato skin with the gloves, and the gloves take off the potato skins for you. I was like, what are they, like loofah shower gloves for potatoes? And she said, yes, that's exactly what they're like. She got a pair at Williams-Sonoma. I went on the Williams-Sonoma website. I couldn't find these potato scrubbing gloves. So she says, brace yourself. I use the potato gloves on my legs. I said, oh, this is disgusting. I, I don't need to hear this. This is this is too much for me. She said, no, I bought, I have a pair in the kitchen that I use for the potatoes. And she said, and then I got another pair, fresh pair, that I use for my legs. She says, when I'm in the shower, my skin is very dry in the winter. She said, I put on my potato gloves, and I scrub my legs, and it gets all the dead skin off. I made a face in the camera. I mean, all right, to each his own. I'm going to get the potato gloves on Amazon, and I'm going to try them for potatoes. But I don't know if I'm going to use potato gloves on my legs. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you, you got the same color, and then you got them mixed up? Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Quote of the week by Randy Posh. Uh, he uh, wrote a book... <clears throat> Oh my God, I don't even have the book in front of me. I think I'm going crazy. The, bo- uh, the book is, uh, it's called The Last Lecture. And it's it's an old book. But uh, Randy Posh was a, a a collegiate professor that guy got diagnosed with cancer. I had the book for years. I read it years ago and I picked it up off the bookshelf not too long ago. He got diagnosed with cancer and he wanted to do a, air quotes, last lecture and give advice to his own children but he said he might as well do it in lecture form because he was a college professor. So here's one of his quotes that he said right before he passed away, very young with cancer. He said, time is all you have, and you may find one day that you have less than you think. Randy Posh. That's how I wanted to end today's episode on self-care because every day is precious, people. We, it's, it's just, it's precious. Okay. I'm Elise DeLucci. This is Crazy Effing Mommy, episode 132. Love to love you, baby. Mm-hmm.